0: Welcome everyone, I am Sam Sebastian and you're listening to How Are You Doing Really? Today I am really excited to share with you a conversation that I'm about to have with my very dear sweet friend Sarah Siegers. Uh, She identifies as an adventurer, beautifier, body, mind, soul worker, magician, wonderer, wanderer, child, woman, and fool. Sarah and I met at the Esalen Institute back in, I want to say it was 2017. I could be off, um, but yeah. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah, so I wanted to have you on today to just hear about how you've been this this past year. I know we've been connecting um, throughout the year and um, you, you live both in the States and then also um, in Belgium and kind of have just been living the nomadic life for, I think, as long as I've known you. Um, and I, I think at the beginning of the, the shelter in place of the COVID-19 pandemic, you were fortunate enough to be in or on the island of Mallorca in Spain. Um, and I, I like to just start out the conversation with, uh, asking the question, how are you doing really today? in this moment
1: um that's such a good question <laughs> i i'm doing well in this moment i um had a very difficult week last week i think i went through something and i came out on the other side for <laughs> something because i feel much lighter and um i'm kind of excited for for new things um I just I worked out this morning. I've been doing that actually since since the whole lockdown and shelter in place thing started. I've been doing these very intense cardio workouts, and it's been it's been really helpful. Um, so I just did that so I have that, you know, the after workout kind of um, almost lazy, good feeling. So I feel good. I feel a little a little tiny, tiny bit nervous right now, also about um, about doing this conversation that will be recorded and and that people are going to listen to later, but not 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 big, not not a huge nervousness
0: <laughs> yeah i i I get the same kind of like butterflies in my stomach, like. I hope I can say the right thing or ask mm-hmm. the right questions and so I, I, I feel you on that and mm-hmm. I just really appreciate you acknowledging um, just what's really up for you in the moment. I think that's something I've, I've talked about with um, previous guests as well is like if you're noticing different sensations or emotions that are present for you um, one of the ways in which you can kind of move through some of the more challenging emotions is, is just by naming it, like saying it out loud or acknowledging it. And for me, I know when I do that, it tends to help kind of the, maybe if there's anxiety, it kind of starts to dissipate or kind of lower after, after just naming it even. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and to he- to hear hear about the the post workout kind of endorphins and I um, yeah I I found it kind of challenging during this time to feel motivated and to want to go out and, and exercise at times and I mm-hmm. um, I just really love that that's something you incorporate into your practice because it's so necessary like especially with what's happening um, right now with the upcoming election and Mm -hmm. just uh, like I I feel like the energy in the air it's just kind of tense and yeah it's easy to kind of be pulled into that and kind of lose track or, or sense of um, just my center and I'm I'm curious like would you say there's a similar experience that you've you've had
1: uh the tension in the air right now in this country mm-hmm. yeah for sure um I can feel it yeah I mean I've I've been feeling it f- for a while I mean and then I think for me in the lockdown with shelter in place, I've, I've spent most of my time by myself, um, a lot of time by myself. And then uh, all the emotions and thoughts and feelings are kind of heightened. I mean, especially now, because we were really told to stay inside the house. So there was not as much distraction or mingling or whatever. And it's been really palpable. Um, I've gone through a lot of emotions since I I was really affected by Bernie Sanders uh, stepping down. Uh, That was really for me, I just felt I wasn't even aware that I was so invested because I wasn't I wasn't following everything like from the front row or anything. When that happened, I just got so disappointed, like I felt my hope just kind of go down the drain or something had a few days where I just had to recover from that. It just seemed like it was connected to so many different things. And it was such a it was a big, um, big event that um, just already kind of gave me a feeling of, well, that that option was out. So then it was like, well, what are the options? Yeah, and then uh, George Floyd happened, and then um, the protests around it, and that that actually made me feel excited because I was like, oh, at least I wasn't alone feeling this, you know. There you go; the emotions are already bursting out, you know. Um, and then, of course, now going towards this election, for me, it's weird also because I I am a green card holder now, I'm a permanent resident, um, but I no permanent resident, um, even if they've, they've been here their whole lives is allowed to vote, you know? And so for me, it might still make sense because I only got here a few years ago, but still I can just feel on one hand, I'm very affected by it all. And I have always had a super strong sense of, um, Justice, I guess. And so I'm feeling it, but I cannot partake in it. You know, I'm not allowed to vote. So I'm like, it just really makes me feel like I'm not really ever going to be a part of it or something. So that's kind of a weird feeling that already, um, I already have kind of a tendency to be reclusive, which got heightened again (laughs) during the lockdown. And then that kind of thing where I feel like I cannot politically. Um, participate also just doesn't doesn't really help so I'm I'm kind of kind of watching it all but I'm yeah I, I can't do anything
0: that's uh, you shared quite a bit and in, and in, um, in what you just said and I think some of the things that really stood out to me when I heard your share was there was a lot of hope that you had um, felt or or envisioned through what Bernie Sanders was kind of bringing to the table and mm-hmm. it's a really progressive um, way of of operating um, in my opinion what what he had brought forward and I for me like I, I think more than anything this Previous election, twenty sixteen. That's when I really started to to think about politics, um, just on a deeper level. And Mm -hmm. and I just I'm really struck that like you being uh, a recent um, green card holder, um, kind of being in this country for however many years. You said three, four years now.
1: Um, I've been around for almost 10 years, but okay. the whole process towards the green card was, was a, kind of a lot of time. And I think I've had the green, no, I've had the green card for five years now, I think. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And and one of the, one of the things you, you just reminded me of was a conversation um, we had around just going through the process of of getting a green card and then like it, the just becoming uh, a citizen and just kind of thinking about like is this really what I'm wanting like is this country like the the political leaders in the country really like what I am aligned with or or not and and I imagine that being a pretty unique experience um, in and of itself mm-hmm and 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 then the the emotions you 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 mentioned just bringing up a lot of emotions for you just this whole year and and the po- political um, and and like social justice movements and just curious like what are some of the emotions um that have been there for you
1: mm yeah it's a good one um so I think something it's it's not as it's not as big anymore as it was a few years ago but basically in my 20s I was a social justice activist that was all I was doing I was working in the women's movement and doing anti-racist work in Belgium um was super connected to all the all the women's groups, all the people that were working around racism in Belgium, about maybe now fifteen or twenty years ago, or fifteen years ago, um, and then a few like big life events happened, and I, I I felt the urge to start traveling, and I think I was also getting a little burnt out on the activist work. Um, I was putting in a lot, you know, and um, yeah I started to come to the u s more and i th- i want to say like for a decade or so, I was very involved in a lot of community work of uh, just doing doing a lot of work together with people as as a movement you know and then, in a matter of years, I was suddenly kind of on a journey of just seeking a lot more solitude and um just, I I don't know, I just, I felt like I needed to go out alone and learn more about myself. And um, I left all that activist work behind, you know, I was also really longing for something a little bit less confrontational, because I think it had just, it had kind of worked on my nervous system a lot. And I think I needed something more, I want to say soothing, but I mean, i I still feel committed to a fight for justice, and it's not always gonna be soothing. I know that, and uh, that's fine. But I think I was longing more for a different language, you know, to do things in mm-hmm. and was just longing for art or something like something else, like a way to bring a message that that could reach people uh, without having to come come on like immediately with a political message. But so all those desires I had, and then there was a lot of personal stuff where I just really needed to go deep within myself, and I just wanted to be closer to nature and started to come to the US more and mostly California, really. And but I for years and years I really struggled with the fact that I had in my feeling like lost that connection to my like all my friends and just the whole all the communities that i was working with before it was lonely you know it just was kind of lonely to suddenly be by myself and also i think i felt guilty guilty but also still feeling the urge to like do something with my my indignation about an injustice you know and i wasn't really doing anything anymore so i was kind of frustrated that was really present for a few years, and I think I, I never, I had never really grieved kind of the loss of those those communities and that that embeddedness that I had for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so when George Floyd happened, oh God, so many emotions surfaced. You know, I was so mad, so mad. That was also right after Bernie had stepped down, and was like, whoa, what's the world world, world coming to? But then I was pleased to see that so many people were standing up. And it was, I was literally by myself in Mallorca in a little cottage. um, Not doing very, you know, not really out in the streets necessarily. But I I felt connected to it. Um, And, um, but at the same time, it was, it was difficult because I was actually, I had just being introduced to a bunch of people in Mallorca that I felt really good with, uh, felt very safe around. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was kind of an incident um, with a black woman that was also in the circle that she was very touched uh, about all that was happening of course, and and had asked, and I, I had proposed that we could all go to a gathering together. There was going to be a gathering, like there were gatherings all over the world to speak out you know, against the, the George Floyd killing. Mm-hmm. And all of those white people declined, you know? And uh, some of them didn't even respond. And a lot of them were even a little bit shocked, like, oh my God, we're not, we're against violence and kind of misunderstood what it was about or something. And I felt so, hurt. Mm -hmm. I was so hurt and I kind of like retreated into my shell. You know, I was like, oh my God. I just (laughs) it's yeah, I just felt kind of alienated from uh from those people. And I feel like that's kind of been a thing that's been kind of a a theme ever since I I um went, you know, started to go out into the world by myself. Where where's my place? In the whole you know Mm. Uh, because I feel like I've been a part of so many different worlds and communities over the years and um and I'm an idealist you know I'm a I'm a dreamer I totally was so stoked with everything that Bernie Sanders was bringing and I was like yeah we're gonna change the world Mm -hmm. all right you know Mm -hmm. and um I very often feel alienated from the world of people, you know, how we've created everything and the things that we value and just the state of a lot of things. Um, So I'm kind of searching for how I can make a contribution. And at the same time, I can't do it in the same way that I did it in my twenties because I just was, I was all in, but I, I wasn't doing enough self-care. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like you know, I'm still searching for that. I,
0: I really, I, I was struck by just you, 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 you speaking to like, where, where do I fit in in, in the whole and in the, in the world and you you travel around so much and have, have adapted to different, um, uh, communities, climates, um, parts of the world. And I just, it, it seems as though you, wherever you are, you find your community, you find a way to find like-minded people. And, and I, I'm just, I'm wondering what guides you to those places. What is it that that's within you that kind of lets you know this is where I'm being drawn to next, like your mm-hmm. kind of internal compass.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's a nice question. Um, I feel like that's been that whole process has been one of the most exciting things about about how I'm living right now. You know, and that's also probably why it's hard to stay in a place because that that thrill almost of and curiosity that I have about the world, you know, it's just, it's so, it's always a little bit magical how I get to how, how the dots connect between the different places. I mean, I have, I have amazing stories about all of the, all of the places that I've ended up in. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like magic a little bit. For for example, so I'm in Marfa, Texas, right now. Mm-hmm. It's a, a little town in West Texas uh, that is known for its art scene. Um, it's been kind of a hot spot for contemporary art for a few decades, um, and it's not weird that I'm here because I'm 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 making art right now, and I've always been interested in art. Um, but I never would have known about it if it wasn't for my friend Annie. Uh, she was I met her in California um, in one of the places that I that I ended up living in. It was a, she was living in a house with a good friend. And then I met her there. And then when she was ready to move out, I moved into the house in her in what used to be her room. But I already moved out a few months later myself. We stayed in touch. She's a painter. um, And she ended up in this region. Um, And at one point kept calling me about how she loved it here. How it was so much more laid back than California. She found a job where she could live in a bed and breakfast and do a little bit of work and it was so relaxing. And she kept on telling me like, come over. And I was like, I'm not going to go to Texas. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was in California. I've had like a never ending crush on California. You know, I felt like I was just going to try to be in California forever. Um, But it was, it was hard because I often struggled with finding affordable housing and connecting all the, just making the whole puzzle work of work and money and housing and all that stuff. So I was really struggling at the time. And literally actually in, in the time that Annie was talking to me about West Texas one time, I hadn't heard from her for a few weeks and I was in the car and I was really struggling and I was like, what the hell am I going to do? I wasn't, I think I had to leave my house like a few weeks later I was just house-sitting for someone, and I literally was praying for a sign, you know, I was like, give me a sign, give me a sign, like, kind of, like, pleading with God or something, (laughs) and the phone rang, and it was Annie, and she did her thing again of, like, oh, my God, it's so good here, it was, like, giving me all these reasons of why it was so great there, and I was laughing, and I was like, you're trying to get me over there, huh?" and she's like, no, not really, I'm just telling you what I'm doing here, and, you know, we were laughing, and it was only a few hours after the call that I was like, well, wait a minute, was that the sign? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that can be, you know, I'm not going to go live in Texas. But then um, I I was like, all right, I'll just come over and visit for a week. And I took a plane and came to visit her. And that was also my birthday. And then a few other things happened where it just became clear that I had to be here for a little while. Um, And so I spent some time here last year and then ended up here again. But it's, I mean, the stories are so much longer of how it all connects and how it all happens. You know, it's just one thing leading to another. And when you move around a lot, you meet people. The most amazing thing about moving around and, trying to exist in new places is that you are not prejudiced, you know, or sometimes you might have some, like I might have prejudice about Texans, for example. <laughs> some of it is true. A lot of it is true, but anyway, um, you're, you're in a new place. And so you have not, I like to think of it as carriage trails. Like literally you make trails like where you are that you easily Like you'll start doing stuff and do it again and do it again. And you'll slip into that trail easily because it's like your habit. It's Mm -hmm. the same with thoughts, right? But it's also with how you move around in a place. And when you're new, you haven't, you, there's nothing there yet. Mm -hmm. You're completely open. um, And then really magical things happen and magical meetings like here, I had just got gotten here. Marfa, I had not lived in Marfa before. I did not know a single person here. And within like one or two weeks, I mean, I met a few people. And then I met this one guy who um, who specializes in Adobe building, which I'm super interested in because I've had an interest in natural building for like forever. And then within like an like half an hour of talking to each other we find out about two different people that we know in completely different places that are unrelated to each other but that we both know you know stuff like that is just really magical
0: yeah it it sounds like there's a lot of synchronicity that that happens um in the way that you kind of show up in the world you know i i think yeah. by being really present and um, staying open to what um, what the universe if you want to call it the universe has in store for you or or whatever your your belief of, of faith is but i i do i do think there is something about just having a practice of, of being really aware and and present with yourself and trusting your intuition and Um, even just like uh, uh, I guess you could call it kind of like the higher self or a part of you that kind of is is connected to um, this this magical realm you know Mm -hmm. that 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 tends to (laughs) continue to unfold with all of the the things that you're doing in the world and I know that, that some people may be listening and the they might get it, they, they might have a felt experience of it, but maybe haven't quite put it into the words um, that I've put them put it that experience into or, or the way that you've described it. But I I do think it is a universal kind of experience and I think about the times in life where it's really like there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of challenge that comes with it. And, and I, I don't know anybody who's just had this like perfect life or anything and everything they do, it just like happens. And it, it was easy. It wasn't stressful. It wasn't anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is part of the process, but it ultimately it comes back to the person and and the the self-awareness and, mm-hmm. and uh, the the tools that they have to help them navigate challenging yeah. situations, and I think just by nature of who you are and and the work that you have been doing, you from social, um, social justice work to um, graphic design, which I don't know that you've mentioned, um, mm-hmm. also creating art and and doing body work and working with trees and 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 all all sorts of things you know i i just have always admired like all the different things that you do and and one thing that i i notice is like you're typically like following your heart and and what you're passionate about and
1: Mm -hmm. yeah there's actually one thing i want to add to what i was just telling um i and that makes it even more magical i think I very often do not have trust in my intuition or in myself. I, I may even have some serious trust issues. And the thing that's interesting about I think I intentionally put myself in this challenge of doing this kind of life um, because I I really want to and need to learn to trust. You know, Mm -hmm. so I just want to say that also, because if like if anyone's listening, I I know I I meet a lot of people when they kind of get a glimpse on my life. It's kind of like, oh, my God, it's so brave and whatever. But (laughs) I just really want to say that I very, very often do not feel brave at all. And that I always was someone when I was very young, I would hear from people going on solo journeys and everything. And it sounded like the most scary thing I'd ever heard of, you know? And I think I somehow, I somehow introduced myself to these challenges because it is always a challenge to just kind of go somewhere with little money and no plan. And, you know, nobody that, you know, there, I just am doing it continuously because I want to keep learning, learning to trust, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but the thing that keeps on driving me, I think is curiosity. I'm so curious about the world, you know, and different mm-hmm. places and the things that people do like in different places in the world, like out here, people are ranchers. Like, how does that work? I'm super curious, you know, you're out all day, in a field with cows that sounds kind of awesome <laughs> you know stuff like that it's just um that's kind of what what keeps me going I I guess um yeah I just wanted to add that sorry maybe I know uh, you were no, gonna ask no, something else
0: no thank you for for adding that I I really appreciate um just the the acknowledgement that they like even though you're stepping into this way of of living and, and being, it, it might like on the outside look like you're just the bravest person <laughs> traveling places you've never been to before, uh living ending up moving into places there and um kind of starting new in, in all these different ways and th- yeah, like I I can I can relate to 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 kind of stepping out of my comfort zone and trusting in, in my curiosity and my I, I think of like a, a younger part of myself who's definitely more exploratory mm-hmm. and, and just um, just sees like things from a different perspective. If I I stay in this kind of mindset of, I have to have a certain type of job. I have to make a certain type of money. um, Like Mm -hmm. things have to look this way because of what my um, parents kind of painted Mm -hmm. um, like the perfect life or or society, whatever it might be. I, I've noticed how much like those conditionings have affected how I feel and, mm-hmm. and I've actually kind of like pushed away or against that just because it's like, well, I've had a different experience and things are working for me. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like, I, I, I take what other people share in their experiences and I also allow myself to just to continue to to try things on for myself, you know, because it mm-hmm. maybe somebody else had a different experience because of whatever else was going on in their lives, something that's mm-hmm. happened in their past. And mm-hmm. so I just I appreciate you you acknowledging that. And I um I'm really like I uh, going back to just COVID and um your life and and your art i'm just curious like how has covid maybe impacted um the way you're living the the art you're creating in this moment
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i feel like covid has been a huge gift of sorts maybe a little bit poison gift because <laughs> <laughs> not like all all great but um i i so, yeah, when, when um, most countries went into lockdown in March, I was in on the island of Mallorca. Uh, Mallorca is an island off of Spain. It's, it's uh, an island right next to Ibiza. Um, and I was there to make a video about my art. Um, I just wanted to have a little short film that shows uh, how I work. Um, I usually work outside in nature, so... Majorca was perfect for that. Um and right after the video was shot, I was supposed to return to Belgium, um, my home country of Belgium. But um right then the lockdown started and I I had settled into an Airbnb in Mallorca and I, I ended up staying there for four months for because I actually got stuck. Um I kind of I mean, I kind of helped it a little bit, but, but I did get stuck. Yeah. Um, and so I was only able to leave Mallorca in July, and then I immediate, almost immediately came back to the U.S. Um, but especially those first weeks, I I mean, I went through a lot of emotions like all of us did, I think, but I was so relieved that this crazy train of – productivity and money-making and just the whole capitalist system had finally stopped you know I was I was I, f- I felt like it was almost kind of a uh, a magical experience I was like oh my god how did this even happen how is this possible I just really enjoyed just kind of the feeling of being off the hook you know because I think before that I've just really been, I really, really thrive when I can do my own thing. I I need a lot of independence. I I need to um, even be away from people in the world, sometimes days at a time. I can really thrive in that situation. I want to make stuff. Um, But I, for years, it was hard to get into that flow because I felt like it was irresponsible, you know, that I that I needed to think about money and, you know, get jobs or work or be somehow, I don't know, somehow be responsible and and do all that stuff. So when when COVID happened, I just felt like I was off the hook. I was like, okay, (laughs) no one can be productive now. Um, We just have to stay wherever we are and can go to work and I was stoked actually. And in the beginning, I, I rested a lot. I just gave myself permission to not do anything. Of course, I was in an amazing environment. So I also felt, I think a lot of people in that time or I spoke to people that were very disoriented and and scared and um and depressed. And I think that could have for different people it had to do with a lot of different things. For me, my feeling. I felt like I wasn't feeling those negative feelings because I had not felt invested in a system that just kind of crashed for a long time. You know, I just wasn't invested in it, so now that it crashed, I'm like okay <laughs> i'm not I don't have a lot of stakes in it, but um I rested a lot, and i uh after that, I just start from that feeling of peace. And resting, I just started creating a lot and, and from pure joy, you know, just doing, making what I wanted to make. Um, I started sharing it and I, I just felt like finally there was a momentum that was making me feel stronger and more productive when it came to art making actually. And so I I made a lot, especially towards the end of my stay in Mallorca. I just suddenly was really on a roll, you know. Mm-hmm. and um I decided I also really wanted to invest in um, putting the art out there and wanting, and ironically, now that everything stopped and crashed a little and and most people were out of work, and this the whole whole system of money making was looking a little different I suddenly also got interested in how I how how could I make a living off of art you know mm-hmm. um, it suddenly seemed like a possibility and that might be ironic because a lot of people were not feeling optimistic about the economy but I was like huh maybe maybe that's possible so I became also very interested in the business side of of doing art. And I want to say I'm still really in the first phase of that. I feel like that's something I've never really explored in my life. I constantly felt like I should be interested in money and money making, but I just don't, I've never really had that as my first uh, motivation.
0: I I want to bring in just something that you really just inspired me um, when I heard you share about it. Like, and at one point, you were kind of, for any money you were making, you were kind of taking out, what, 10% of your earnings and or 5%, whatever it was, and and donating it to organizations that you felt um, were really doing some amazing things in the world, supporting um, uh Populations that may be underserved or underprivileged. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, when you, when you planted that seed in my mind, I just, it really was an inspiration for me. And, and Mm. I think just hearing you talk about um, your, your process and, and journey through coming into this, phase where you're learning the business side of of selling the art that you've been creating um I just looking at your website I I'm I'm really amazed I I think you have a a really beautiful website and I also I love what you've like you can can you kind of speak to this idea of The art that you've created and in a time like this where people can't travel like what do you remember what you you had kind of said about that like how your art can maybe transport people to these places in which you're using the nature from
1: the Mm -hmm. island
0: or um the the desert in marfa um yeah
1: yeah yeah so um maybe I'm quickly just going to explain that I have been working mostly with the process of cyanotypes uh, for the last few years and cyanotype is a photographic process that was invented almost 200 years ago around the time that they were really looking for a way to print images because they already had some kind of prefab uh, camera but no way to print to like keep you know pictures or keep images and so this was something that was invented uh, in that time and it's a very very simple process you only need two chemicals one of which is just an iron-based powder very non-toxic when you mix them together and put them on paper your paper becomes light sensitive and you can make um, photograms like, you know, little collages on your paper and um, also catch shadows, which is what I do. Um, And then you just rinse off your print and your print becomes a blueprint. It's that they also call cyanotypes blueprints. Um, So it's kind of a way of capturing capturing things, making photographs, but then without a camera. Um, recording re- recording without a camera. This might all sound super abstract, but um, that's why I, I, I made that video in Mallorca so so people <laughs> could see the process because it's actually very simple, very easy. Um, but so I, I love that process because I get to go out um, with just paper and immerse myself in a place or an environment and capture, um, make images that to me feel like I'm capturing more than just the visual part of what's there, but also kind of an atmosphere sometimes. Um, And yeah, just kind of an aesthetic experience that feels a little bit ephemeral, you know, like, you it's something in between a movie and a photograph or yeah. something uh but most most of what i do when i make when i make actual cyanotypes is it does um it has recognizable elements like it, it will look like a tree or a, a bush or something um, but it's not super, it, like it seems like it's moving a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to describe in words. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, with making that work, the process of it for me is really blissful. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm always just going into nature and, and going into a flow, which always um, feels very intuitive and very nice. And I I think that the results kind of convey that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just hoping that it's kind of like sending postcards from those places and those environments and those experiences. And, uh, you know, that's what's left over. So that's what people that were not there mm-hmm. could, you know, potentially take into their homes or into their lives somehow. Um, and have that experience too, you know, I guess that's always a little bit what art or visual art does that you get to partake in an experience that the artist had or wants to convey that brings up a certain feeling or emotion. And I'm, I'm, I'm really all about, um, Kind of share, sharing my love for for very simple nature time, you know mm-hmm. nothing super complicated, like we don't have to climb a mountain or nothing just the healing, soothing um, effect of just spending time in nature. so I think that's a little bit what I would like to convey with the work, yeah,
0: I think that's it's really beautiful and just one of the, like, as I've seen your work and as I've just been living um, in a place where I'm just surrounded by trees and plants and the river and mm-hmm. rolling hills and mountains. Um, some of the things that, like, even in, in my backyard or the light kind of coming through the, the Japanese maple tree into uh, my office and like seeing the shadow and just like capturing nature's like <laughs> beautiful like pictures basically is, cool. is how I kind of kind of see it um, and and so much more. Um, mm-hmm. I I really wanna also just ask you so. I imagine nature like being a, a really big inspiration for you and um, what you create and um, without going into too much of like your your past and um, maybe past like woundings or, or challenging experiences in your life growing up or um, even traumatic experience, but, I know that for me, those kinds of things, those experiences in my life kind of pulled me towards doing healing work, which I mm-hmm. consider massage and, and body work. And you also do that work as well. And I'm, I'm just, what, what what is it, or, or what what really called you to to doing hands-on work with people or even just energy work with people?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, I, I, it entered my life. I think I've always been interested in it because I, as a teenager in high school, we had to sometimes do presentations. I don't know if that's the same in US schools, but like you would have to like pick a subject and then do a presentation. And I think we had to do a presentation for English, um, which is the English language um, class. And I chose massage. I remember that I must've been like 16 or 17.
0: Was it like offered as an elective?
1: No, we, yeah, we, we had only a few electives, I think, but I was, we have like certain streams of like things that you can focus on. So I was doing, um, I was doing a thing with a lot of languages. So I think I got four or five, like, or no, three or four hours of English every week and four hours of French and three hours of German and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, can't, I totally can't speak German though, but I did get some classes in it. But um, so I, I picked massage, and I I don't can't remember what I said about it, but I I also had the kids in the class um, massage each other, you know. I, and I remember really liking it. I was like, oh my god, this is great, you know. It's just because it breaks that thing of. Norm, normal human interaction where you're often not touching each other. There's a lot of talking. It's all very heady. And I remember that moment of like, oh, that's so nice. They're all just massaging. Everybody's getting all relaxed. It's like um, it kind of breaks the, yeah, breaks some kind of boundary that we often have between each other. So, I, yeah, that's kind of something that happened. And another thing I remember, I, um I was babysitting and the people had a book about chiatsu and I really was so fascinated. I remember I even drew one of the pages to like learn one of the meridians. Um so that yeah, that I remember that. But then when it really entered my life is towards the end of my activist days where I just was feeling kind of burned out and realizing that I was always doing a lot of work at the computer lots of sitting lots of lots of stuff with my brain you know and I just felt like I wanted to I really needed to start paying attention to my body and I mean I, I feel like I've always been very affectionate or something although that was not really something that was really and when I wouldn't say that my parents were like that but um Yeah, and so I I suddenly felt like, yeah, maybe I have to learn a new profession also because I'm tired of sitting at the computer all the time. And I was aware that there was a need for healing and self-care in the movements that I was active in. Um, So I, and that's right before I came to Esalen for the first time, yeah. Wow.
0: I think about like, Touch as a uh, another language as well, so mm-hmm. it it makes sense that it was part of uh, the program that you were studying. In my mm-hmm. opinion,
1: exactly, it really is another language, and it's remarkable how many people have not even ventured into that realm. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's so crucial for humanity to. Uh, i mean to get touched you know
0: definitely
1: so much touch deprivation
0: i think about a conversation that i had with um a friend of mine the other day and we were just talking about police brutality and how there's a lot of um like it it's it's kind of um there are people in law enforcement who are inherently just great people and, and are able to stay connected to their hearts and their bodies and, and sense in as they're coming into situations or it, are in situations where it's a high level of um, intensity and need for focus and awareness. And um, he was he was just saying how uh, in order for a shift in, in the entire kind of law enforcement um, and, and even in humanity um, is, is what's needed is embodiment. You know, people coming into their bodies and, and learning how to find ways to ground and center themselves even when they're in uh, a high-intensity uh, of situation, and we can we can tr- like implement new practices um, or, or ways in which we can can teach or or help each other learn to become more embodied, and um, just that being what what will need to ultimately happen, like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: For for the shift that that is really um, being called for, um, and I'm just yeah, I'm wondering how how embodiment has has played uh, a role in your life, and and maybe what's the first experience that you can recall, and if you want to take a moment to feel into it, where you really realize the innate wisdom in in your own body and the the practice or practices of embodiment really spoke to you
1: Mm. um i don't know if a first moment comes to me right now i might i might have always been embodied in a way but I'm just feeling called to say a few things about what you just said about law enforcement and just in general the need for embodiment. Mm-hmm. I think it um I think this also connects to the whole issue of how isolated we have made ourselves from nature. And also even the thought that nature is something a little separate from us or something. Mm-hmm and And especially when we're in urban environments, but even just all the western environments, how we've set up our lives, yeah to be so separate from nature. and actually sometimes the only wild element in a lot of the urban environments that we've created um, are are our bodies, you know, mm-hmm. but they need to have constant feedback from from nature to function properly our nervous systems too you know Uh, when we're just in nature it can be so simple all the ailments that we have wouldn't even maybe wouldn't exist or wouldn't be so big so that was just a thought I had when you were seeing that Um, and then as for me really I have to think about a I just know, though, that my, in my family, we weren't necessarily super physical. I Oh, no, I have a memory. There's an, I have a really strong memory of something. Um, <clears throat> the first time that I came to the U.S., well, I came to California. I had joined uh, two friends from Belgium. And we were going to go on a road trip, I think two or two two or three weeks or something. I and that's when a lot of things changed in my life because I was blown away by what I saw. All you know, Death Valley, Big Sur. I just could not believe I had existed in a world so small over there in urban Belgium, you know. So that was part of what was happening in that time. But I remember there was a woman that we met. That, no, that we knew like through other friends and that we were going to spend a few nights with in LA. Um, and I remember that I was very emotional because I was super touched. I was like some transformation was happening just from me being in California. <laughs> um, and at one point she touched me. Like she just, she was kind of like that. She would like, reassure people by just touching them or like squeezing them on the arm or squeeze, I don't know, something really simple. Like for me now, that would be so, so normal. But at the time, this was not something I was used to to be approached that way. And that was nothing that ever happened in my family very much. And I was so amazed by the effect that it had on me. Like I immediately just melted, and it like affected my nervous system so profoundly. Just that touch, and I thought it was so. I wouldn't have dared to touch anyone that way, you know. It it just seemed so daring to me <laughs> to relate that way. Yeah, I just that was a profound experience somehow. Yeah,
0: it sounds like she really just was tracking something and like maybe placed your hand on your shoulder and in, in a moment in which it was just, it helped you to really just feel at ease and kind of mm-hmm. take that in.
1: Yeah. 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 So that's definitely, that was definitely kind of a, it's interesting because moments like that, when I think back to it, I felt like such a novice like like whatever she was doing was from another world or something. But then how that did set a lot of things in motion, because now I feel like I've gone on a journey where maybe that was some kind of initiation, um, hmm. not, e- not on the level of words or not even on a level of like, oh, my God, there was just a profound experience I went through, and now I'm going to study massage. That's also not how it happened, but like hmm. just how – how my being did pick it up and it started to become a thread in my life i guess yeah
0: i think of it as kind of like a transmission um Mm. and i uh, similar to what you're describing for me like my my dad would would often um he'd rub my shoulders when i was a kid and then have me rub his shoulders and i like that has always stuck with me. You know, I, I think that's really what's mm. um, like, I, I feel like he trans transmitted that, like um, knowledge of, of touch and just getting, like I learn a lot by feeling things hands-on, uh, very tactile. So
1: mm-hmm. just
0: having that experience, I think, has informed the way in which I also um, express touch and touch is just one of my biggest love languages. I love receiving it. I love giving mm-hmm. it. And I think one thing that um, I, you know, I'm really aware of this now is just like the communication around touch, you know, like mm-hmm. I think about how many people in their lives have been, or even my own life, I can speak for myself just when I've been touched and it, they haven't checked in with me and just said, Hey, is it okay? And it's like, I've almost felt obligated to just sit with the discomfort that is coming up in my, my body as I'm receiving it, or even going to get a massage from somebody and not feeling like I could say anything in the middle of it. And really like, just tuning into our own bodies and and listening to what it's telling us like the sensations Mm -hmm. if we can really like I think about the other day when I was cleaning the house and had a really tight low back and my body was just tightening and tightening and tightening and if somebody else told me that and I saw what they were doing I'd be like hey sit down go Mm -hmm. go lay down do something to take care of yourself but I I was so caught up in in my mind and what I had to do and and getting to the end result of having a clean house before my guests came mm-hmm. that I wasn't willing to listen to my body and it I had to kind of <laughs> learn a hard lesson and it's not the first time, but it it's something that I'm really trying to tune into more because i I know that like if we can really slow down, which I think has been one of the biggest blessings of this year is, is the, mm-hmm. the space and time to really slow down. We're not traveling as much. We're not going out and working as much. We're actually getting to, for those of us sheltered in place or, or living with somebody else, like having that time to really be in community. Mm-hmm. And I um, I just feel really grateful um, and it's kind of humbled by
1: it all um mm-hmm. yeah yeah but that's also a continuous exercise i think that thing of listening to the body and and then responding in a way that's appropriate for the moment um because sometimes the message is clear but very often sometimes i also feel like my body or my emotional body or something can be like a a baby that's crying and I'm not always sure exactly what it needs, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like this continual exercise I find.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Sarah, thank you for just sharing so openly about your experience and, um, your art. I'd, I'd love to, Have you just share where people can can see your art find out more about you and the work that you do Um, Mm -hmm. i'll post it in the show notes but maybe just verbally share that with people
1: yeah i would i would really love to share especially the video that i that me and my friend laura or actually that laura made (laughs) about my work in Mallorca. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's also a very nice thing to watch because it shows the beauty of Mallorca. So if you have not been able to travel much, it's going to transport you to my Mallorca for a few minutes. So I, I feel really good about recommending that film. <laughs> um, and you can see that when you go to my website, which is just com, and you should probably look in the show notes to, to get the right spelling for that. Um and please also follow me on my Instagram. I really love hearing from people. You don't have to buy anything or nothing. It's just I just really love to hear how what I do is received. And so same thing for the for the video. I would love to hear um uh, if, if it inspires you in any way. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And um it's www. Sarah Siegers, S A R A S J E G E R S dot com,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and like I said, I'll I'll post that for anybody listening who would love to see her work. It's beautiful, very very beautiful, and I um I'm happy to to share that with the world and um if any of you feel inspired to share it with other people please do and please if something really um really speaks to you i i say buy it
1: <laughs>
0: support artists we artists definitely need support and need you.
1: that's true that's true you can always <laughs> get in touch with me Personally too, if you see anything that is not in the store or something. Um yeah. Oh well, um, for sure, totally. Yeah, buy it. Buy it all. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love you, Sarah.
1: Love you, Sam. This was fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you all so much for listening to How Are You Doing Really? If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, you can find the various platforms on my website, as well as additional information about me and the work that I do in this world at samsebastian.com. That's S-A-M-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N.com. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review on whichever platform you listen to us on. I want to give a special shout out to Dominique Ferriton for helping with the production of this podcast. Additionally, to Nico Holloman for creating the music. If any of you are interested in being a guest on the show, you can reach out to me directly at sam at samsebastian.com. May you all be well. May you be loved, may you be at ease, until next time.